So this morning, I'm going to be following on, you know, the series on witnesses, us as witnesses in the family. The past two weeks, Pastor was looking at uh, men as witnesses in the family, and it was awesome. So this morning, I've been given the opportunity to talk about women, wives, and mothers as witnesses in the family. So um, everything we want to do in the world has to start from wherever we are, and which is the family, which is a home. We are all located in the home, in families. So God wants us to be representatives of Christ in the family at whatever level that we find ourselves. As a woman, whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, whatever your status at this time, God has a responsibility for you in Christ to be a witness. So, and I would like to say that we are first of all women before we became wives, and by the special grace of God, we became mothers. And I will quickly add that a mother is not just um, a biological role, it can also be a spiritual role. And I believe that most of us, you know, have that experience that you have your biological children, and you're a mom for that. You also look after other people, even in the church. You have the opportunity to, you know, impact the lives of so many people. And people look up, up to you as, as, as a mother. So don't despair if in any, uh, if in your situation, you are, you, are, you are not yet a biological mom, you are a mother by virtue of the role that you play in people's lives. So we are witnesses in our families. We are to show the world, you know, what it means is that we are to show the world what a family should look like. You know, the world has their views about how a family should look like. We shouldn't copy those views because God is the originator, is the author, is the founder of family. He's the one who instituted family and he has a manual for that, how it should be. So we should not shy away from doing it in God's way. Because as Christians, we need to follow God. We need to, we need to do what God wants us to do. We need to model the way. We need to show the way. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the life and he is the truth. And we need to model what that is to the world. So we should not lose our potency in doing that. So I will say that the first expectation of God from every woman is to build, 
is to build, to help him build the kind of family that he wants. The kind of family that he wants because he started it and then he gave us the assignment, the responsibility to build. We have heard about what the rules of men are, but this morning, my understanding is that God has given the woman a special responsibility to build. Hallelujah. So what does it mean to build? You know, to build is to put together, to raise up something beautiful, even out of rubbles, to put things together, whatever you can put together to bring out something beautiful you have built. And you're not just building out of nothing, you're building out of wisdom, out of the man that God has provided. So a, a woman who is a Christian has the wisdom of God for this, for this assignment. So the Bible says that every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of all things. So we cannot build in isolation. A woman who will build will be a woman who has relationship with God because she has to, she has to live in obedience to God. She has to live in, in surrenderance to God. She has to be a woman who follows the word of God who obeys the word of God. So God is the master builder. And then he has asked us to help him to build, to partner with him to build. So Proverbs 24 verse three says, by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. We need wisdom. And I believe that every one of us that I'm speaking to this morning, I know there will be others who will listen to me later on, but the women that I know in this house, I can thank God for them that they are women of wisdom. Hallelujah. Women of wisdom. I know you all. I know what you've been doing in your families. I know how you have helped your husbands. I know how you have helped your children, you know, in the fear of the Lord. I know what you have been doing. And God acknowledges that as well. In my spirit, I can hear a commendation for you all. Well done. But we are not to stop here. We are to continue because the, the scripture says we should not be weary of well-doing. Because in due time, we shall receive our reward. So wisdom is a necessary ingredient to build and wisdom expresses itself in the way that we do things and even in the way that we say things. A wise woman, Proverbs 14 verse one says, a, a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down. 
I pray that God will give us more understanding in this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Every woman that has not got the fear of God has no wisdom. Any wisdom that you think you may have will be the wisdom of the world that profits nothing in building the house of God, the family, a godly family. So the wisdom that God gives is pure, is gentle, is harmless. So the wisdom of God, a woman of God, endowed with the wisdom of God, is pure in her character, pure in her speech, you know, pure in her in her conduct, in her character, in her in her in her behavior. She has a fear of God. She is apt. She is she is she is um, um, furnished thoroughly furnished with the word of God. She's a woman of understanding. She is discreet. She has discretion. She has counsel. She has she has wisdom for counsel, wisdom for advice, because herself she's well furnished in the word of God. So every woman has this responsibility because you are situated, you are in relationship with family. Even if you are yet to marry, you are, you are in relationship in a family. You have brothers, you have sisters, you have friends, you know, you have parents. And God is expecting you to be a builder not to be um, the opposite of building is tearing, tearing down. So God wants us to show the world how to build a family. Hallelujah. Amen. By understanding it is established. Another scripture says that the, the four wall of a house, you know, are filled with everything good by understanding and by wisdom. A woman can detect the atmosphere of a home. That's how powerful we are. We can literally detect how the atmosphere will be that day, whether it will be full of peace, full of chaos, confusion, whether people living around you will be happy or not, we have that power and influence to actually dictate how the atmosphere will be. So God says, we can fill the family with peace, with joy, with happiness, with everything good. I know that a lot of us are good designers. You know, we can make our home beautiful, you know, decorations, set things in the right place, physically everything organized and good. Yes, that's part of it. But a house can, a, a house physically can be beautiful, but there may not be peace, there may not be harmony, there may not be love, 
but we have this important role to put things together. We can unite the family together. We can bring unity. We can bring peace. We can bring joy in the way that we, we can foster it. We can foster it. Hallelujah. So because of time, I will move quickly. So if you look at Proverbs 31, it's a long um, scripture from verse 10 to the end of it, talking about a virtuous woman. So that woman, you know, she exhibited such strength of character that she was the center of, of, of life in her home. She was the center of activity in her home. When I was young, I mean a younger woman, when I read Proverbs 31 from verse 10, the question I ask is, so where is the man? Where is the man? Because she appeared to be the center of everything. But the, the, the answer is there. He was the man is sitting there at the gates as a king. She is a queen, you know, because he trusted her that she's capable, you know, to, to build the home, to put things together. He has his own role, he has done everything he needed to do, and then he took his seat at the gate with the among the elders because his heart safely trusted in this woman. God put such a price on a woman of good character. I've talked about wisdom and through wisdom, we can conduct our character. Character is very important. Virtue is very important. So we can show the world what kind of even our family, our children, whoever is around us, they can learn from our lives. Our lives can be the mirror for them, even without yet speaking anything. The fragrance of virtue, the fragrance of good character is invaluable. It puts such a price on us. It puts such a value on us as women. You know, such dignity such goodness. When the, when, this, when, the, when the scripture says that the virtuous woman, she is good, she is rare, is, she's hard to find, you know, that word she is good is, is, very, is very important. A virtuous woman is good. If you say someone is good, what do you mean? She's just simply good. She's full of goodness. She's full of goodness. And when you say this person is bad, you know what you're talking about as well. So this woman that we are talking about, she is good. God has made us good. God has changed our lives. Whoever we are in the past, we're no more who we used to be. We have been transformed. We have been changed. 
Sin makes somebody bad. There's nothing good in sin. There's wickedness in sin, maliciousness, jealousy, envy is all sinful. But we have been redeemed. We have been saved. We have been changed. So we are good. So in us, there's no deceitfulness. There's no wickedness. There's no lying. There's no maliciousness. There is no uh, any form of guile. Because that's who God has made us to become. So we are good. And a good woman will, will show the world who she is. Our goodness is a powerful witness for Christ. The goodness that we are, we are good, is a powerful witness for Christ because it's rare to find these things in the world. And when we are good, the world will look at us. The world will ask us, what is the secret? So this woman in Proverbs chapter 31, she is good, she's diligent, she's hardworking, she has a strength of character, you know, she's not depressed because the joy of the Lord is her strength. She knows where to draw her strength from. So this morning, I'm just encouraging that, you know, for us to continue to function as God wants us to function, the source of our life should be the Holy Spirit. There's so many things out there to take energy from people's lives, give them anxiety, worry, and depression. But by the grace of God, by the working of the Holy Spirit, we can continue to have joy. We can continue to have peace so that we can give the same. Hallelujah. When your life is full of joy, when your life is full of peace that comes from the Holy Spirit, that's what you exhume to others around you. If you're not happy for, for one reason or the other, I know that the world is uh, pressurizing. There's a lot of pressure in the world. There's a lot of pressure on women. You know, but I am speaking to a woman who is filled with the Holy Spirit. That you can draw your strength from the Holy Spirit. You can draw your peace. You can draw your joy from the Holy Spirit so that you can function effectively in being a witness for the Lord. Because you will be able to exhume exactly what you have, the goodness of your life to everyone around you. She's a woman of foresight and she's a woman that speaks with wisdom. How she speaks. You know, a scripture in Proverbs says that it is even better, that's Proverbs 21, 19, 19, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. This is not how to be a good example and a model to anyone. What I'm talking about today can relate to parenting. What we, 
what we show, how we live our lives. Full of contention, angry, quarrelsome, it does not depict what Christ wants. And it does not contribute to building the home. It will tear the home down. That's why if a woman is contentious, if a woman is quarrelsome, if a woman is angry, no one can, no one is comfortable around her. No one will be comfortable around her. The home will be uncomfortable. Can we build a home that everyone is happy to come into? Wherever they went, they are happy to come into it. From the door, they can sense the atmosphere. They can sense the atmosphere. From wherever they went to members of the family, when they think about home, what comes to their mind? Desire to come back. The aroma, the fragrance of peace, the fragrance of unity, the fragrance of harmony, the fragrance of love that we greet them from the door is all in the power and ability of a woman to create. That's our creativity. And this morning, my heart rejoiced when God was encouraging us Encouraging, encouraging us specially, you know, the things that affect us emotionally, God is taking care of them. God is taking care of them. Sometimes a woman might be thinking, oh, my time has gone. I am this age, I am single. I am this age and I have no child. The word says there is no time, but God was saying this morning that you have time. There is time. There is time for him to do everything that he has in his mind to do. He's a God of restoration. So raise your head up and be all that God wants you to be. If you open your eyes, there are opportunities all around opportunities to impact lives, to speak for Christ, opportunity to live for Christ, opportunity to model what is right. Hallelujah. So I have talked about wisdom and I've talked about virtue in some ways, you know, looking at the life of the woman in Proverbs 31. She watches over the ways of her household. She is hardworking. She provides. I have heard, you know, one of my pastors in the past talked about how a family works. That in the family, that is like a choir. In the choir, everyone has a part. Everyone has a part. That for it to be beautiful, and harmonious, you need to focus on your part. You need to focus on your part. If the other person next to you is singing auto and you are to sing soprano, if you focus on the next person, it changes your rhythm. So concentrate. If the other person goes off the key, you stay on the key. 
So focus on your part. So that's why I'm saying that when you read Proverbs chapter 31, let's focus on how this benefits us instead of being contentious over it and see, seeing it as, so where is the man? What, what is the man expected to do? No, God has responsibility for everybody. And if everybody focus on their own role, the family will be beautiful. We Christians, we are the one to build the kind of family that the world can copy. They need to see how is a family that, how, how should a family be? They don't know. They don't know. They think they know, but they don't know. But we know because we have the manual from God, how it should be. He started it. So, and I'm encouraging us as women this morning to focus on the role God has given to us. Whatever is not working right, maybe from the perspective of the man, God knows how to address it. It's another thing entirely. But if you focus on your own role, God knows how to bring all the bits and pieces together. So the church is not the one to copy the word. The word is to copy the church. Hallelujah. So let's open our scriptures now to 1 Peter chapter 3. Okay, before then, let's go to Titus chapter 2. I will ask you to help me read if you find it. Titus chapter 2, 3 to 5. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not giving too much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Amen. Thank you for that Amen. reading. So the purpose of all these that we are talking about is so that the word of God will not be blasphemed, so that the word will not speak, will not have something to speak against the word of God. If we don't conduct ourselves according to the word of God, we give opportunity to the word to say, but they are Christians and they are not doing it right. So we are witnesses of these, of these things, you know. They will see our families. They will see how we live our lives. They will see the kind of families that we have built. And then it will be something that will be desirable. So verse two says, Titus chapter two, verse two says, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love and endurance. So we can see key ingredients there. So verse three says, likewise teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. 
we are to teach what is good. We are to conduct ourselves, you know, in manner, in, rev, in, in reverence, in a way that is respectful, you know. The way God, the way, what God wants is that, you know, a woman is supposed to comport herself in a respectful way. You honor people, you respect people. Even if you are a boss in your place of work, you can speak to people respectfully. You can get people to do things that you want them to do in respectful manners. As a Christian woman, things will be done. You don't have to scream. You don't have to shout. You don't have to nag. It will be done. It will get done. As a Christian woman, we are allowed to have roles. We are allowed to have positions. We are allowed to lead in things, but we are, we are to put on that humility, that reverence, that attitude that respects everybody, even if they are younger. I respect my children. They know it. I respect even children outside my home. I respect them. I have great respect for children. I speak to them respectfully. Yes, sometimes I shout when I need to, but appropriately. Appropriately. So a woman should have this demeanor of respect and reverence. Hallelujah. Let's let's put it on. Let's put that on. not addicted to too much wine, not addicted to anything, but discreet. And ready to teach what is good. So this woman I'm talking about, she's a teacher. She's a teacher in her role. She teaches young ones what is appropriate, what is good. She does not shy away from it. Hallelujah. So teach your children the way of the Lord. And I want to thank God for every woman that I'm seeing here this morning, you know, in the way that you brought up your children after God. We have children who have grown up to become teenagers and adults, young adults, and they are following the Lord. I give that credit to our women. We thank God for our men, but I believe that women, our women have played a big role in what our kids have become today. So it says, so um, then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will maling the word of God. This is the scripture. This is what the word of God says, that women, you know, should be. First of all, a woman, then you can see it now translating into our roles as wives and as mothers as well. The scriptures, you know, taught us to, be, to live in subjection to our husbands. When people hear this in the world, 
they make it controversial. But they didn't start family. God started it. And when God started it, this is how he wanted it to be. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Likewise, wives, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with terror if you do good. Hallelujah. Amen. So the issue of submission has come up here in a very strong way. In the family, there is order. There is order. Because God is the God of orderliness. One thing to obey, one thing to follow, one scripture to follow, to make a family to work, to make a family uh, to build a family is to follow that order that God has put. The man first as the head, then the woman, the wife. And the relationship, the way God wants it to be is that she should live in subjection to her husband. A wife should live in subjection to her husband. Hallelujah. This is an instruction from God. This is how God wants a family to operate so that we can be a good example to the world. So submission, when a woman decided, decides to be a wife, if you decide to become a wife, that's a good decision. And then you need to also decide alongside that decision to become a wife, you also need to decide to submit. Take that decision, make that decision that you will, will willingly submit and live in subjection to your husband. In every institution, every organization, one person is the head, and in the family, it is the husband. It doesn't reduce you. It does not demean you in any way. Rather, it endows you with glory, with beauty. It endows you with power, with influence. 
one phrase clearly written on my heart is, your submission is your power. Men are strong. Men are very strong. But when they encounter, when they, when they encounter submission in their wives, they are broken. So submission is your willful decision to live in harmony with your husband. It is your decision to reverence him and to respect him. One dear need of a man is respect. That's why when God was commanding, he said, husbands, love your wives. We don't have issue with love. We find it easy to love. When I've decided to marry my husband, automatically I'm in love with him. So loving him is not a problem. But what God knows will be a problem is me respecting him. That one, God knows that it will be a problem. So he decided to command me to do it. Respect. He said, teach women to respect their husbands. So allow him, submission is allowing the man to take the lead. You might know it better than him. You might be wiser than him, but just borrow him the wisdom and allow him to lead. And a good man, a faithful man, will also appreciate what his wife has because you know that what this woman is carrying will help me. You don't push it aside. You don't ignore it, you don't despise it. Because if you despise it, it's at your detriment. So it is an act of surrendering, an act of obedience, and accepting the authority or control of another. It is mutual, it is voluntary, it is not forceful. No one is forcing me to do it. Because I have decided to become a wife, no one is forcing me to do it. I'm happy to do it. It's an act of yielding, so I choose to submit. I submit because God said so. The home must have a leader, and that leader is the man. And as wives, we also encourage our children to respect and to obey the leader. I know that some women, they tear this apart. When the man says this, they say the other. So there is no harmony. So support the man to be respected and support the children to respect. If we look at where I read in 1 Peter chapter three, it says, this is how holy women conducted themselves and gave an example of Sarah. And that if we want to be like them, we must follow their examples. Hallelujah. So young girls, listen to me. When you have decided to get married, 
this is the order. This is the order. Nothing has changed about it. Nothing has, the digital world hasn't changed it. The campaigns in the world doesn't change this. And our prayer is that our, our men, our young men will be godly men as well. And then everything will be beautiful. But what I'm saying is, I want our, I'm using this to teach our young ones, as the scripture has ordained, that they should know, all know that when you decide to get married, you are deciding to submit to the authority of the man that you are getting married to, that he is the leader, because that is how God ordained it, that the head of every man, the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is, God, is, is, is the man. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is, is the man. And your duty is to respect him in the way that you treat him, in the way that you speak to him. So that's how Sarah, you know, obeyed her husband. When God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and asked him to leave his home country and go to a place that he's going to show him, he, the scripture says that he took his wife and took everybody else and they went. She did not hesitate to follow him. She might not understand it all, I don't believe that she understood it all because even Abraham did not understand it all. So she followed, she followed him. So I'm encouraging us as wives to act the same, to be the same and teach our girls to be the same. The issue of submission, like I said, is highly controversial in the world, but this is the simple, terms of it. Don't make it difficult. Don't make it difficult. The head of every man is the woman, but the woman is a special person. It doesn't reduce who she is. So it says that we should give attention, you know, to the kind of person that we are. We should trust God. For, for us to, to, I mean, for us to live in subjection, in obedience, in respect of our husbands, it's a sign of our trust for the Lord who commanded that. It's a sign, it's a proof that we, we, we trust the Lord. We don't question what God has said. So let's give attention to our hidden, the hidden person of the heart, you know, the inner beauty. We are, we are more beautiful when we are gentle. We are more beautiful when we put on the quiet spirit. You know, we are beautiful outwardly when we do our hair, we put on jewelries, we wear nice clothes. Yeah, we are beautiful like that. But the physical beauty fades away. The inner one lasts forever and it's of great price in the sight of God. So it is not weakness to be gentle. It is not foolishness to be quiet. It is not. It is of great value in the sight of God. And 
with great benefits, it can subdue our gentleness, our quietness, our meekness can subdue, can bring things under control. No matter what is going on, it can subdue because the scripture says that even if a man does not obey God, even without a word, he can be brought under control by that attitude. So I have not been able to exhaust everything, but I hope that we can pick one or two things from what I have said this morning in our roles as women, as witnesses in the family. If we can do one or two things that I've talked about, we will be speaking for Christ in our families. We will be ordering our children to, to do the same. Praise God. Praise God. So I pray this morning that from, the, all, from all the encouragement God has given us, you will look at your life. You will look at the input you have made into people's life. You will look at input you have made into other women. You will look at the input you have made into your own children's life and you will be encouraged to do more. We are hardworking people. We are hardworking people. We look after our families. We look after our homes. You know, we provide for them. We provide food. We provide warm. We are generous. Our doors are open. People come in. We look after them. God is commending us and is asking us to continue in well-doing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name. Lord, I want to thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for what you have spoken to us about, the few things that you have helped me to pass across. Lord, this morning, I just want to ask for more grace in Jesus' name. Father, more grace for us as women. Father, more grace, oh God. Father, to be able to fulfill our role as witnesses for you in our families. Father, in the lives of our husbands, in the lives of our children, and in the lives of other young people around us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you, God, that our families, oh God, we depict what you want it to be. Mm. Our families, oh God, we speak about Christ. Mm. Our families, oh God, we model the way mm. for what you want families to be. Mm. How you want families, oh God, to raise godly offspring. Mm. Father, we're just praying that, oh God, you will touch our families where there are some inadequacies, oh God, that you will heal us mm. and you will you will you will visit us and you will heal us in mm. the name of Jesus. Mm. Where there is trouble, oh God, we ask that there will be peace. Mm. There will be harmony mm. in the name of Jesus. Mm. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm. Amen. 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 Amen.